everybody. Welcome to Bear Insider Ultimate Insider Podcast. I am Mike Pulaski, former Cal quarterback, Hall of Famer, and 11-year pro. Today we're taking a look at the dogs, UW, the Huskies. And the Bears are traveling to Seattle for this game. To start this off, I want to take you on a little throwback to when we were playing up in Seattle. If you remember back in 1991, that's when UW had that great football team. Guys like Steve Entman, Dana Hall, uh, Mark Brunel on that team, Billy Joe Hobart as a quarterback, just had some fantastic football players up there. And it used to be my favorite place in the Pac-12 to go play. And the reason for that is because it was so hostile. Like you walked in to the doghouse and things were nuts. That stadium was always cranking. The fans were always juiced up. And the tunnel coming out onto the field. Now they've changed this since, so it's not as hostile to visiting teams. But the tunnel, when you came out at UW, was about six foot five. So it was right above your head as you were coming out. The tall guys had to duck. And it was about two and a half dudes wide. You couldn't get a full, you know, three dudes across in that tunnel. The visiting locker room, in the locker room that we came out of, was about midway down the tunnel. Whereas Washington's locker room was further up the tunnel. And so as a result... What would happen, or at least what happened when we came out in 1990, was we would start to come out as UW was starting to come out right behind us. And you get both teams in this tight little tunnel, and they're right on top of each other, and the dogs are barking at you, and you're all geeked up, and you're all juiced up and ready to go. And the atmosphere just pumps you up. They have that horrible air raid siren uh, from when they score touchdowns. Um, weather's always cool and crisp up there. And so it's just kind of the perfect football Saturday, and, and I used to just love it. It's a place where you'd go in as a team and you'd circle the wagons. Now, we didn't fare very well in that 1990 game, but as a lot of you remember, that 1991 game, uh, we were the only team that year that actually took them down to the wire, and we took them down to the wire. If you recall that game, it was back and forth all game long. Uh, Lindsey Chapman broke a big inside draw uh, to, to pull us close, or maybe in the lead, I don't remember exactly, but... Um, we got the big run on him. I got the big touchdown pass to Sean Dawkins on the go route against Dana Hall down the sideline. Uh, and then they got a touchdown back uh, where Ed Cunningham committed a couple of leg whippings, which you could clearly see on the film, but the ref missed. Uh, but a great job by him to get the block that he had to get. Um, they score. So we had a chance in that game to come back in the end. Sean Dawkins had been hurt, and we liked the matchup with Sean Dawkins against their small corner. Uh, and his last name was Bailey. But because he was hurt, uh, we ran. We had to run the corner route with Brian Treggs, and we just didn't have any space for it, no space and time. But, you know, last play of the game, we had a shot to either tie or win that game. Um, and Cal fans to this day still tell me what a fantastic game that was for them. I hated it because we lost. Um, but in retrospect, you know, watching great college football with two teams battling is always fun. So... That's kind of my look back at our year. This is 30 years from that team this year. And so, um, you know, hopefully having that 30th anniversary of that Clemson Citrus Bowl reunion team this year, um, you know, looking forward to seeing those guys again. But that was then, and this is now. Last couple of years, Justin has had something for University of Washington. He's figured out a way to win. Uh, up there and at home against some pretty good Washington teams. If you remember, two years ago, didn't play last year because of COVID, but two years ago, 
uh, we had that big rain game, lightning storm in the middle of it. Uh, for we, we were doing the radio broadcast, and for some reason we kept it at in Seattle uh, and ended up doing like a two-and-a-half-hour weather broadcast. So talking football, talking weather, doing all that. Um, it was the longest broadcasting night of my career. It was just miserable trying to do the game from up there, you know, trying to keep it there uh, and, and find stuff to talk about during a two-and-a-half-hour lightning delay. So that was miserable. But the Bears went ahead and won that game last second up on the, on the road in Seattle. Fantastic game. The year prior is the year that Evan Weaver got the interception for the win at home versus the Dogs. And so the first year, UW won it pretty decisively uh, three years ago, four years ago. But the last two years, Cal's been really good against UW. And they're hoping, obviously, that the trend continues this season. So as we get into kind of the preview of UW, I wanted to give you some offensive stats or some stats in general that kind of popped out at me uh, from this season that kind of tell a story. So I've heard some people uh, getting on Billy Musgrave for offensive play calling. I will tell you personally, having watched every snap of offense on the game film, I think he's done a good job this year. I think he's, he's, uh, he's called pretty good games going into it. Execution hasn't been flawless by any means, but he's called some really good games with some opportunities for shots over the top. Obviously, we're throwing the ball deeper this year. Uh, Chase has settled down the last couple games. And I think that the offense is doing better as a result of it. Uh, in terms of balance, because people are saying, well, why don't we run the ball more? Cal's run a total of, uh, or averaging 62 plays per game. 29 run, 33 pass. That's pretty balanced. If you can be a balanced offense, you can be really good. My team that finished seventh in the country was 51 or 52% passing, 48% run. That's about where this Cal team is right now. Uh, the other side of the ball, they're giving up 74, averaging 74 plays on defense per game. Now, here's what you got to consider about that. You're giving up about 20% more snaps on defense than you're getting on offense. Why is that? Well, a big part of that is, especially early on that Nevada game, Cal was not uh, converting on third down. Third down conversions is one of the biggest stats in football. Uh, when you look at the overall thing, it's not sexy, but it's really important. You need to be converting about 45% of those third down conversions to stay on the field, keep your defense off the field, and give yourself more opportunities to create plays, to create scoring plays, to create drives. And so Cal needs to be more efficient on third down this year. That's a big one for that offense. If you uh, look at yards per play, that the defense is giving up right now. Cal ranks last in the Pac-12 on both first down, where they're giving up 6.6 uh, .6 yards per play, and on third down, where they're giving up 7.7. .7. Now, last week, Sac State hit some of those throw-behind balls. is a huge piece of that. So those are a couple big stats that really jump out. Another one that jumps out at me, and this, is, this goes to that third down conversions, is drives that are three and out, meaning... You go first down, second down, third down, and punt. Uh, Cal is 23%. So almost a quarter of their drives are three and out. That's, that's not an acceptable stat on offense. you got to be better than that. It's ninth in the Pac-12. You've got to be way better than that in terms of three and out drives. You've got to at least sustain the ball for a little bit, sustain drives for a little bit to give that defense time to breathe. Uh, in terms of defensive three and outs, 
they're only 10.4%. So they're only making teams go three and out 10% of the time. That's also not okay. That's 11th in the Pac-12 right now. And so you've got to be better at forcing those three and outs on defense. So this is all about third down efficiency, getting that, uh, getting that stop when you need it. And it's that first and second down stat too. Remember, I talked about 6.6 yards on first down makes second down play call and third down play call a lot easier. So there's a couple things they got to work on. Um, as we look at the comparison of Cal going in to UW, right now Bears averaging 177 yards rushing per game. It's a pretty good stat. Uh, it's, it's just above midpoint in the Pac-12. They're doing a good job running the ball. They're averaging 258 passing per game. So, again, balance back and forth and 435 total offense, which is really good. If you turn the stat sheet and you look at University of Washington, they're only rushing for 105 yards per game. This is a UW team that, since I've known UW teams, um, they run the football. That's what they do. They establish their offense around the run, and then they throw around it. And they've had some good quarterbacks, but they've had great running backs over the years, only running for 105 yards per game. And what you have to consider is in the Montana game, they were down three wide receivers, and they're playing Montana. And Montana shut down their run. I mean, shut down their run. And then, uh, obviously, they played Michigan, who's a good football team, but then they play Arkansas State, and they don't run the ball. So... 105 rushing yards per game, not very good for UW. In terms of their passing game, they're averaging 306 yards per game. A huge piece of that is that Arkansas State game, which brought their numbers way up because they were throwing the ball all over the place. Uh, In terms of rushing defense, Cal giving up 130 a game, which is pretty good stat in terms of defense. that's, That's not a bad stat to give up 130 yards rushing per game. They're doing pretty well against the rush, but they're giving up 318 through the air. And so they've got to bring that number down as well for a total of 448 yards per game uh, total defense. You look at UW, they're giving up 172 rushing yards per game. Remember, I'm going to go back to it. They played Montana and they played Arkansas State. Those are not good numbers. Now, I know Michigan ran the ball really well against them and they had some big chunk plays. But with Montana and Arkansas State as opponents giving up 172 rushing yards per game, it's not like Mon- or Michigan went out and ran for 500 yards. Those two teams also put yards on the board. So uh, that is a tough stat. Passing yards, however, they have been very good, averaging 123 yards per game total defense against the pass. So th- that's a really good stat. That's what Washington has done well for years. Uh, and their total defense is 295, which is also – a really good stat scoring defense for them, 15.7 points per game. Again, Montana's in that mix. Arkansas State's in that mix. But uh, they get 31 to Michigan. So defensive, defensively, uh, with Jimmy Lake as a head coach at UW, you would expect that, that Washington would be a very defensive-oriented team. And it shows up in the stat sheet. They are a very defensive-oriented team. Uh, offensively, they need to get their stuff together. I talked to both coordinators, talked to the head coach this week for Cal. And when you watch the game film for UW, what you see is it is two completely different football teams, or three, I should say, completely different football teams from the Montana game to the Michigan game to the Arkansas State game. So Montana, 
they had lost their three starting wide receivers. They actually only had three scholarship wide receivers uh, available for the game that week. Back in the spring, they had five receivers actually hit the transfer portal and transfer out. So they were down bodies to begin with, and then they had three guys that were injured going into that first game against Montana, so you'd expect them to be run heavy. But they tried to pound the rock, pound the rock, pound the rock, and they couldn't get it done uh, against Montana. Kent Bear, who was a defensive coordinator for my 90-91 team, uh, is a defensive coordinator at Montana, and he threw the kitchen sink at him. He was running twists and blitzes and stunts and pressures, and like he was bringing things from everywhere just saying, I dare you to beat me with a pass. Uh, and Washington couldn't do it, couldn't get it done. So uh, that was Montana game. Then they come out against Michigan, and they were trying to be stubborn with the run again and use Kate Otten, who was a star tight end for them on offense, as they uh, run the crowd, ran the crossing routes and you know, did all those things to manufacture a passing game on the inside. So a different football team in that game. They're still trying to be stubborn with the run. Uh, obviously, from their rushing yards, 105 per game, they weren't very good with it. Uh, and then versus Arkansas State, it became this super college football RPO game where they were just winging it all over the field. And Dylan Morris had a fantastic game in that game. As a defensive coordinator, you're looking at three different films. And remember, if you're as a defensive coordinator, John Donovan, new at Washington, had four games, I think, last year uh, that you can go on. But then you go back to Penn State and, and you go back to Jacksonville, places that he coordinated, and you try to figure out what he's going to do. I would expect to see more of that RPO against Cal's defense this week. Um, and they'll probably take some vertical shots based on what happened versus Sac State. Uh, all that said... Um, defense needs to button it up. They need to get better. Uh, and they need to get better when they go to man-on-man coverage because they're going to have to try to find a way to manufacture some pressures as well against Dylan Morris and to bring extra people into the box to take care of that RPO game. So you know what takes care of the RPO? Man coverage. If you can man up and lock the dude down who's going to get that ball in the RPO, you get the extra rusher, the extra box player, you win because you can stop the run and you can stop the pass. And so the Bears are going to have to be great in man coverage this week. Um, and we'll see if they can do it. I think their nickels are going to be okay inside. Corners on the outside uh, just need to play with confidence. They need to get – they've been in position. They just haven't made the play in the final moment. And so if they can get that confidence back, if they can play their technique, I think they'll be a lot better on the outside. Offensively, the Bears are facing a really good Washington defense. We just talked about their numbers. Uh, we'll talk about a couple of the personnel guys out there. First, let's talk about Ski. Uh, Bob Gregory is a defensive coordinator. Obviously, Jimmy Lake is the head coach, former defensive coordinator. And so you have a situation much like Cal has with Justin Wilcox, defensive guy, former coordinator as head coach, and Peter Sermon as your defensive coordinator. So, you know, you have kind of a committee for defense, uh, same, that, same that Washington has up there. Bob Gregory used to be Cal's defensive coordinator under Jeff Tedford. Great coach, great dude, really good dude. Um, but they call it very similar style of defense. Justin Wilcox got his first, uh, first coaching job, like real coaching job, I believe, here at Cal uh, with Jeb Tedford, but I think he was a GA with Bob Gregory up at Boise and then uh, coached under him and then ended up being the defensive coordinator with Bob on his staff as well. So uh, weird little tie-in, but Justin knows Bob really well. They run a very similar style of defense. It's that nickel 4-2 look. Uh, they can be multiple up front. They can run some odds, some even, and do all of that. Now let's talk personnel. One of the things that's made Washington really, really good over the last several years on defense 
is their secondary has been really, really good. If you've got great corners who can cover man and you can just lock it down on the outside, then you give yourself a real chance at being exceptional on defense. Washington has two dudes this year in Trent McDuffie, who is going to be probably a high first-round pick at that corner position, just a fantastic football player. He is literally like paint. He's going to be on you everywhere, uh, all over the field. He can run. He can jump. He can do everything. Uh, just a great football player. So that's at one corner. And then on the other side, they've got Kyler Gordon. And as good an athlete as Trent McDuffie is, Kyler Gordon is the best athlete on the field on any football field that he walks into. He's like a 4'3 in terms of speed. He's got a 40-plus inch vertical jump. He can run, stop, cut, do all those things that you want a corner to do. And he comes in at six foot. 200 pounds, or excuse me, six foot two, 200 pounds. So he's big, athletic, uh, fast, like he has everything you want in a corner. So Washington has two lockdown corners. They're going to play a lot of the three match look, which becomes man on the outside versus different coverages. It's a way to stop that RPO because you can play that cover three zone uh, versus pass and inside breaking routes. And then if you have outside breaking routes or things that are made to uh, exploit that look, then you lock it down into man. The outside breaking routes uh, on the inside then get locked up man, so that RPO game is taken away as well. So they play a ton of that three man. They do play it with a really high safety, so they give up some room for crossers and overs, uh, deep sits over the middle, those kind of things. But again, if you have lockdown corners on the outside, that means you're going to be playing the game on the inside with tight ends, slots, and trying to get the ball down the field in the middle of the field where covering outside, if you can get a pass rush and you get some active backers, uh, it's tough to throw the ball into it. We talked about them giving up the run. reason for that on defense is the fact that they don't have the same front that they've had in the last several years. They've had some big dudes that can rush the passer, you know, going all the way back to Danny Shelton and those guys, uh, and that can really push the line of scrimmage and control the run at the same time. They don't really have that this year. They only play with those two down linemen for the majority of the snaps, and those guys aren't the same dudes that they've had in the past. Uh, outside backers have also been great rushers for them. They haven't manufactured that same pass rush from those outside backers this year either. So pass rush for them, even though they have great coverage, has not been the key like it has in the past. Uh, in terms of linebackers, uh, they're going to have a name that you're familiar with playing Inside, in Jackson Sermon, that's Peter Sermon's son, uh, he's a really good football player. Gets better every single game that I watch film on him. Uh, he's fast, he's to the ball, he's got a great nose for the ball, you know, he's a coach's kid. And so that just helps you in terms of football savvy. And then Olafashio, who is their inside linebacker as well, is another guy who is a good football player at that linebacker spot. So I think they have strength at linebacker, they definitely have strength at corner. Uh, and that defensive line is just not what Washington has been in the past. So Bears are going to have to run the football. We saw that stat. They're giving up 172 yards per game rushing. Bears are going to have to run the football, pound the rock inside, make them honor the run, and then take some throws that they give up. If they lock down man, they're really good on the outside. Use motion to create opportunities. And against that man coverage, use formations and sets to get the matchups that you want. And then take the throws, take what Washington gives you, right? Don't, don't try to force the ball downfield, but manufacture shots for yourself and then take the throws that are there and don't get frustrated. 
if we can do that, the Bears can do that on offense, it gives them the best chance. But they got to run the football. That's where Washington has shown that they're weak this year. That's what the Bears have to do on offense, and that's how you have to get it done. So that is my scouting report for UW. I am getting ready to get on a plane here for the Bears. So I am heading up to Seattle. Always love this trip. Beautiful place. Uh, people are nice. And so once you get to UW, it's funny. They're very hostile. They're great fans, but they're also very nice fans as well. Uh, appreciate you watching, you know, breaking down the games. I'm having a great time this year uh, talking to you guys about Cal football. Uh, and so continue to come back. If you're listening to this on audio, there is a video version. And oftentimes when we do the video breakdowns, you can check out a lot of the scheme that I'm drawing up for you that you won't get in the audio because it would be confusing. If you want more football knowledge, more football entertainment, you can always go to my YouTube channel. It is Elite Athletes TV on YouTube. And there is some big time X's and O's scheme, talking about concepts, talking about building chemistry and uh, talking about building a culture in a football program. Like we do all of that at Elite Athletes TV. So appreciate you watching here. I'd love to see you over there. As always, for Bear Insider, I am Mike Pulaski. Go Bears. Thank <laughs> you.